The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. And welcome back into a Monday morning edition of BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack in for Joe Ostrowski one more day, alongside Ed and Aaron. And we've got you covered breaking down week 13 of the NFL live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world. Download that free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and take us with you, whatever you're up to. Or if you're just chilling at home, you want something on, you turn it on twitch.tv slash BetQL or YouTube. Just search Odyssey Sports. One hour from now, we touch on those NBA midseason tournament games to tomorrow. To tonight, these are elimination games now, and we'll start to pivot towards week 14 as well after we wrap up week 13 with a look at Monday night football before the end of this hour. Cincy now up to a double-digit dog on the road at Jacksonville. We'll put a bow, as it were, on week 13 and everything we saw yesterday uh, in about 20 minutes. But as you can hear, we'll bring him in. Odyssey (laughs) NFL insider Jason LaConfora with his friend Copper, host of the Odyssey original podcast in the huddle with Ryan Baldinger and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL. Jason, morning, my friend. Good to see you again. Morning. Morning. These guys are on the Bengals tonight. They love they love a big <laughs> underdog. They're quite vocal about it. I, I guess they've decided now that they want to come inside, not during the three-minute break while I tried to coax them inside. Um yeah, this would be an interesting one uh, tonight. You know, um, I still like the under. This thing opened at 41. I jumped on it last week at 41. It got down around 37, then started coming back up. I, I just don't know where the Bengals' points come from. You know, like, I, and, and Jacksonville to me, it's not like this is a Miami or a San Francisco or a Dallas who they get a bad team at home and they spank them, you know, for 45 points or 38 points or whatever. I I just don't think that's who Jacksonville is. And I'm not sure that that's where Doug Peterson is when he looks at the way his schedule lines up. Right. And and the possibility of a one seed, you know, I I think there's certain things they want to improve on and, and, and uh, guys, they probably want to highlight and give a little bit of a boost to tonight. But I, I don't know that this is about hanging 30-some points on, you know, Luana Rumo's defense. And on the other side, I, I just don't know where Cincinnati – like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence just, you know, turned the ball over a little bit. and Maybe something happens on special teams. But, like, the idea of the Bengals mounting drives with Browning in his first start, I, I just have a hard time saying it. And I don't think the Bengals are going to let 
Joe Mixon do anything. You know, I think they're going to take away Joe Mixon and say, if Jamar Chase catches a ball that bounces off three sets of hands, you know, you have fun with that. But that in offense does not make I'm going to let these nut jobs in real fast. Just yeah, one yeah, minute. Do, Thanks, do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason's dogs, who are ancillary members of the show here on BetQL Daily, mm-hmm. uh, and as he pointed out, big fans of double-digit dogs because, well, they are dogs themselves. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it goes exactly. It goes with the territory. And in some ways, they're also underdogs, people. right? Yeah, not just right. that they're dogs, but they're also underdogs themselves, always striving to be better. Very. That's yes. Is that how we justified it? That's good. Yes, that's I'll how we did that. it. Yeah, we, that's how <laughs> yeah, we vamped. Yeah, yeah. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. All daily needs a mascot, so we'll we'll work on that. Uh, as okay, far as uh, the most impressive uh, offensive performances of the week, uh, you could make the case for the 49ers. You could also make the case for the Miami Dolphins, absolutely blasting Washington forty-five to fifteen. And now there is a serious possibility that the Dolphins could be the one seed in the AFC. Are you impressed by what the Dolphins did against Washington, or are you not impressed because it is Washington? Yeah. Well, it it's still pretty impressive. I mean, they took that game by the throat on the first drive. And, I mean, not even really a drive, right? I mean, a play. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyreek, you're in the end of the first quarter. Tyreek has like three catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Um, yeah, it's impressive. I, I mean, you, you have to give an assist to Ron Rivera and his, you know, hapless bunch of cronies over there. Because, I mean, I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> and when you're down by three scores to start the second half and decide, oh, they're playing, they're playing three deep. Let's run the ball. Like, <laughs> what? Like what? Are you, what? Are you, I mean, I, I. It was almost surreal. Like I almost felt like I was being, like, hazed or trolled by an NFL. Hey, like I'm sitting there on Hal, twenty five and a half receptions, right? And he's got like a or, or completions. He's got like eleven or twelve at the half. And I'm just doing the math in my head. Like, well, if they throw every play, like, as long as he doesn't have six turnovers today, we should get close. We didn't. We didn't hit fourteen. Like, it was, oh, Robinson, yeah, you run, you run. Hey, you want a cookie? Like, I don't even know what that was. Um, but, yeah, the Dolphins are, look, Dolphins are impressive. No one talks about the Dolphins' defense. And I know they've had some injuries there, but I really think the defense has has come a long way. And I think when they play good teams, I think they're an under team. I think that 24-21 mm-hmm. game they played in Germany is probably a template for how their games are going to have to go. Um and they play Baltimore, right? And so that's, you know, Baltimore plays Jacksonville and Miami. So this one seed thing, we don't have to worry about a committee, thankfully, settling it. Uh, <laughs> they're going to play these games, and, and we'll know who the one seed <laughs> is. And, and, yeah, Miami is certainly is certainly viable for that. Um, and Miami, in their own way, like that was a nothing burger game. I get it. But it was kind of a weather, foggy, like, slick it didn't really pour during the game but it rained all week like for them it probably was a bit of a lesson or something that they could say well look you know everybody's saying our home road splits were one team at home and another on the road you know we did go up there we have a high precision offense right that supposedly needs everything to be perfect to execute well that was a day where the weather weather wasn't perfect i mean ron rivera was uh and we went out there and we put a show on. So maybe that's something they, they, you know, pull a little something from. I want to ask you about the Lions up 21 nothing. I was on a, a Lions alt spread minus six and a half. I end up texting the guys, oh, yeah, this is great. And then all of a sudden they blow that lead quickly. But I think just big picture, I'm curious your thoughts on this Detroit team because we're in December. This is when you want to be playing your best football, and they've blown some leads. They've had the turnover issues. They've been inconsistent. So how do you rate this Lions team moving forward? This is another one where I, I thought they would road grade the Saints, and the Saints had no answers, especially for Gibbs on the ground. I think he got eight carries. You know, I think he had six at halftime. Um Montgomery, they rode pretty hard. I kind of felt like the speed back running out of lighter boxes 
would really trouble the Saints. And again, it, it, when they did it, it was great. They didn't they didn't do a whole lot of it. Um, I kind of got the feeling that I they went opposite of how I thought here. I thought they might go take the ball out of golf's hands. Like let's just focus on everything else. I got the sense, especially in the second half, and they didn't run many plays, right? The Saints had long drives, even despite the Saints turning the ball over. Like, it it felt like in the second half there just wasn't any volume to the Lions' offense. Um, But it seemed like this was more about trying to rebuild Goff and kind of prop him back up. And, yeah, let's turn some of these short passes into big gains and get him feeling good about himself and, and, you know, have his box score at the end of the game look better than it has the last few weeks. And and that's that's fine, and it worked. But, yeah, to your point, that thing got way closer than it, it probably should have. I have concerns about them defensively. I do. And maybe this got weird for them because there's such a chasm between Carr and Jameis, right? So when the other guy gets in there and immediately their whole the whole ethos of the Saints offense changes, and now it's bombs away. Um, you know, maybe that presented problems, but – I, I don't feel like Aaron Glenn, their D coordinator, is at the top of his game. And frankly, I don't feel like Ben Johnson, their much ballyhooed offensive coordinator, is at the top of his game either. Um, but, like, they're going to score points, you know? Like, the idea that they were going to be held below 27 points again against that team in a dome, I, I wasn't buying that. So I thought they'd score 27 or above. Um, the defense gives me pause, though. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, Odyssey NFL insider Jason LaConfora with us here on BetQL Daily. Lions are 11-1 to to win the one seed in the NFC. Um, you look at their schedule, it doesn't sound entirely crazy. they got a pair against the Vikings, Bears, Broncos. They do have to go to Dallas on uh, the final weekend of December, Week 17. It's a long shot, like I said, but it, the, the one seed d- picture Jason, comes down to San Francisco Philly at this point San Francisco's got the their their game back but they've got the advantage because they got the tiebreaker now and that game whether we're talking one seed or anything else what the Niners showed us yesterday and Sammy P told us this yesterday on BetMGM game day they're clearly the best team in the league well when Trent Williams plays they are if Trent Williams doesn't play, that's a completely different offense for me. Now it's it's Purdy. He's not running boots. He's not running waggles. They're not getting cute outside zones, not destroying people. They get a little, a lot more predictable, um, especially with the right side of the offensive line not being as good as it was some other year. I think they go as Trent Williams goes. Trent Williams is healthy in the playoffs. They're going to be real tough to stop. Trent Williams doesn't play in a playoff game. I'm going to – and they're still favored. I'm taking the other team. Um, yeah, but look, I mean, what they did at the trade deadline, it's a big deal. Uh, this was a big game for them. You know, this this game for them was kind of like the Eagles game at Arrowhead. And you thought that um, – I like, I, I thought San Francisco would win the game. I wasn't sure about them covering. But certainly I thought everything set up for them from a, a, a rest standpoint, from a health standpoint – from a motivation standpoint, from an Eagles are just kind of due to lose to a good team standpoint. Like, that's probably going to happen here at some point. Um, Yeah, it looks like Hurts is okay. You know, that's obviously huge. The Eagles have some other injury situations that perhaps get a little better. Um, Maybe they add a Hurts. I don't know how much he has left, but like a Goddard is going to be, you know, a problem um, from a health standpoint. I look, the Eagles are still a really good operation, you know, and and if the Eagles beat the Cowboys, you know, then the Eagles are are right back there in the driver's seat with a chance to hold on to that one seed. Um, and and when the Eagles face the most teams, they're fine. If you face that offense on a day when everything's in sync, uh, then yeah, some of the Eagles' issues defending the pass can become real big issues. Some of the Eagles' issues tackling in the second and third level become exacerbated when you when you face one of these elite yak teams, you know, like Miami. Like there are certain teams that I just think would be a real bad matchup for them. And San Francisco is one of them. Well, let's extend this conversation into the MVP market because on uh, BetMGM right now, we have a three-way tie for the shortest odds to win MVP. And Hertz at plus 350, Prescott and Brock Purdy. 
do you feel like that this is a three-man race? Or do you feel like someone from the outside, particularly in the AFC, like a Mahomes or a Lamar, Tua, someone like that, do you feel like someone else can enter the chat? Or do you feel like it is going to be one of these three guys? No, I think somebody in the AFC could could enter the chat. Um, I mean, really, what we're, what they've done in the NFC, right, is cluster it around who's probably going to, like, who has potential to be the one seed. Like, especially with the Cowboys still having a game left against the Eagles. But if the Cowboys aren't the one seed, if the Cowboys don't win their division, like, if you if you think Dallas can run the table and you think Dallas could be up there, it's going to be hard for them to pass the 49ers, right, because of what the 49ers did to them. But, like, if you think Dallas is a top two seed in the NFC – you 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 believe that? Then then go play Dak Prescott. If you don't, then forget about it. Because if he's a wild card quarterback and he doesn't have fifty touchdowns and he doesn't have fifty five hundred yards, like if the numbers aren't that crazy gaudy, I just don't see it. If Dallas is a twelve win team or thirteen win team, like everybody thought they were, I, I don't know that that happens. Um, yeah, I, I, in the AFC, like, Lamar was on a bye, you know what I mean? Like, let's see, Mahomes, nobody's ever going to fully write off Patrick Mahomes. Um, Tua, if they're the one seed, maybe. I don't think the touchdown numbers are going to be, um, despite all the talent around him, that crazy. But, you know, I guess you'd say, well, some of that is because of how well they run the ball, too. Uh But, no, I don't think, with, with that, with this much to play, I don't think this is open and shut. And unfortunately, with the way this season's going, injuries will right, like injuries will probably be a factor in this before it's over as well. Sadly, about thirty seconds. Who do you think uh, enters the wild card in the AFC? Interesting with the Steelers, the Browns, the Colts. There's some options there. Well, I, I've been telling people don't write off the Bills, and I think this is another set of weekend um, results where I would say, even with their tough schedule, don't write off the Bills. This Colts thing, like, sometimes there's just something there. And uh, Minshew has his warts. But this is a dome team that's now winning games, weird games outside of the dome. I would, the, the Colts, I, I'd take the Colts over the Browns and a lot of these other guys in the field. So maybe the Colts. Great stuff, Jason. We appreciate the time as always, man. Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lock and Four. Make sure to follow In the Huddle on your Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Talk about that AFC wildcard picture. There are injuries affecting it in multiple spots, and we got to dive deep into Niners-Eagles as we started to there with Jason to talk about the NFL MVP picture as well. All coming up on BetQL Daily. Presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Ed Egras, I'm Chris Mack. In for Joe Ostrowski for one more day. Joe O back tomorrow. Here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Watch us on YouTube. Just search Odyssey Sports. And, of course, on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv slash BetQL. Can we handicap something, Chris, real fast? Yeah, go ahead. Can we handicap something? Like, what if Joe misplaces his passport? Like, are you prepared to come in out of the bullpen if, say, he can't get back home? Professor Egros, Corporal Mack reporting for duty. I will be here. There we Whatever go. you need. There we go. Okay. I couldn't <laughs> Just, find my passport. I have to stay wherever he is. For that's a convenient week. excuse, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I don't know where my passport is. Whoops. <laughs> I have to stay in sunny, tropical locale for another few days. Womp, womp. <laughs> or remember during COVID when, like, if you got COVID, you couldn't track back. Oh, darn, I got to stay for a longer. Yeah, right. sorry, got... I'm stuck. Mm, got the sniffles. Sorry, can't come. <laughs> um, uh, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, we will get back into uh, the, or I should say we will get into, not back into, we have yet to really dive into it, the NBA midseason tournament quarterfinals tonight, first two. Boston, Indy, uh, New Orleans, Sacramento. 
And uh, we will talk Monday Night Football as well in 20 minutes. Bengals and Jags, a big double-digit spread now on that game. And in a couple minutes as well, since that affects the AFC playoff picture, some injuries around the AFC wildcard picture after yesterday's action. But let's dive headlong into a game we've touched on a few times. We joked around about Big Dom and Dre Greenlaw earlier in BetQL court. But like the Niners put it on the Eagles, 42-19, a dominant performance. Uh, I thought Jason Lockenfora a couple minutes ago, if you missed, by the way, it'll be posted as a podcast momentarily. Jason Lockenfora mentioned the Niners go as Trent Williams goes, their star offensive tackle. It's a really good point. When they've struggled this year, yes, it's been when they've been without offensive weapons like McCaffrey or Debo, and people use that as an excuse to uh, push back on Brock Purdy and, and what he may actually be capable of. It may just be that this offense goes as the all-pro offensive tackle goes, Ed. And this team, as long as Trent Williams is healthy, he's the key to unlocking everything they do offensively. It's a more and more compelling case, despite the fact that we see these phenomenal offensive performances by Brock Purdy and all of these skilled position players. And the reason why I say that is because I felt like this was a great offensive line day for the 49ers against the Eagles. Yes, Brock Purdy was pressured on 30% of his dropbacks, and yes, he was sacked twice. But when Purdy got the pass away, it led to great things. From next-gen stats, Debo Samuel gained 115 of his 116 yards after the catch, plus 88 yards after the catch over expected, fifth most in a game since 2018. You got to believe the offensive line was doing some fantastic blocking so that Debo Samuel could get out in the clear. So that definitely had a lot to do with it. Eagles defense allowed just 21 yak over expected since week 13, third fewest in the NFL before allowing Debo Samuel to go nuts. So this was something where this was actually an advantage for the Eagles defense, but it was the 49ers. The pass blocking I thought was quite good. The run blocking was also fantastic. How often was Christian McCaffrey running into eight plus boxes? Like he was doing it a lot and he was still really successful doing so. That's not just Christian McCaffrey being the best running back in football. That's also an offensive line that knows how to run block as well as pass block. And this is really important going forward because yes, rematches, different things can happen. Eagles defensive line can do lots of different things in terms of stunts and blitzing more or less or whatever, being more unpredictable, it's fine. But I don't know how this 49ers offensive line wanes at all if everybody is healthy and ready to go in case there is a rematch for the playoffs. And I look at this, Aaron, and I go, chances are the 49ers and Eagles will meet up again, whether it's in San Francisco or in NFL, it, it doesn't matter. The fact that this offensive line played so well and was oh so dominant in that game last night leads me to believe that they can replicate that performance much more readily than just about any unit on either side. Yeah, and and I think it's interesting that you can find the Niners at plus money to secure that number one seed, and they are playing Mm -hmm. like the best team in football, definitely in their conference, and there's no reason to believe that they can't win out and secure that. Now, of course, the Eagles are the favorite. If they play like five times, I I mean, it's hard to say, you know, what would happen between the Eagles and Niners. But right now, you need Trent Williams also healthy because I'm with JLC that like the Niners go as he goes. So hopefully he can stay healthy the rest of the way. Um, Of course, the, the Niners have been the Super Bowl favorites for a while now, too. So you know, Vegas certainly knows what's up there, but I just think they're playing very, very well. And they're, they're not just beating teams right now. They're crushing them, you know? And so there's no reason to believe that, you know, the the Niners would fall off a cliff. They're playing their best football and that's what you want at this point in the season. So when we talk about MVP market, because I think this is the next part of this conversation we have to unfold and it, it, is it simply going to be the quarterback on the best team when we get to the end of the season? Because if that's the case, then mm-hmm. if we ended the season right now, it would be Purdy. Brock Purdy. But we just got mm-hmm. done having this conversation about all the other weapons in San Francisco, how 
The star left tackle may be the key to unlocking things for that offense, even despite all of the high-end talent, the McCaffrey, the Debo, the Ayuk, the everything they have available to Kittle. Um, or is it really the player who's most valuable to their team? Because I think we come back around to looking at what Dak Prescott has done for the Cowboys this year. The numbers he's putting up, in particular in the last month, are bordering on video game numbers. We could talk about the Cowboys defense and how that affects the race for the East or the one seed or how deep they go into the playoffs and all that and whether they've beaten anybody good. Yeah, those are all conversations worth having. But if we're talking about the guys who are most valuable to what their team has done to this point through the first 13 weeks of the season, it's kind of wild to me that out of eight different books that I'm looking at right now, Dak is the lone favorite in the MVP market in just one of them. Just one. People are, and us included, and maybe, look, the, the value may be gone. The best value on Dak to bet him on MVP was three, four, five, six weeks ago. The value may not be there to place the bet anymore, but Dak Prescott is MVP. Short of falling on his face against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles this weekend, I don't understand why we're not committing more to him as the clear-cut favorite to be MVP because there is so much more in place, Ed, in San Francisco that makes the offensive ecosystem work the way it does for Brock Purdy. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, Chris, for a couple of reasons. Number one, yes, Brock Purdy's total EPA, and I've said this till I'm blue in the face, that total EPA is a really predictive metric as far as who is going to go on and win MVP. And Brock Purdy leads the way at 102. But Dak Prescott is in second place right now at 87. And one of the things that I emphasized Friday morning on this show was that the left side of the offensive line in that Thursday night game let Dak Prescott down, and they still scored 41 points. We do not talk about wide receiver three, wide receiver four for the Cowboys that often, and they still put up a ton of points and a ton of yards against the Seattle Seahawks Thursday night. This has been a most impressive performance by Dak Prescott. And one big point that I want to make here about last night's Niners-Eagles game is I think that loss is way more damning to Hurts as far as an MVP contender than I think some want to believe. I think this is much worse for Jalen Hurts than just one bad game or anything like that. Because if you want to make the argument that the quarterback on the best team or the quarterback with the best record should win MVP, well, that took a hit. That argument took a hit. Mm -hmm. And there's one other aspect that's really, really important when talking about Jalen Hurts that I don't think is getting discussed enough, and it's this. Other MVPs historically do distribute the football to where they're not just relying on one guy. And there are metrics to measure such things. Even when Pat Mahomes had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, he had two guys. Other offenses, look, they have maybe just two guys that they rely on, but it's still two. It's not one like Jalen Hurts has with A.J. Brown. In fact, Hurts relies on A.J. Brown more than any quarterback relies on one receiver this season. Dak Prescott's not doing that. He has C.D. Lamb, but he has Jake Ferguson as well. And the fact that Dak Prescott distributes the football a good bit more than Jalen Hurts does, to me, is a really good sign that Prescott can take over this market going forward. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, the other thing that I'm curious, you know, your guys' thoughts on is like, is it a, you know, what have you done for me lately? In terms of like, Dak is playing really well now, probably better than Jalen Hurts, even though the Cowboys have lost to the uh, Cardinals, Niners, and Eagles, and now the Eagles have only lost to the Jets and Niners. But if you look at sort of recency bias, does it count? Don't they kind of factor in like what they remember most recently a little bit when they're voting too? Absolutely. That's why the next the next four of the next five weeks decides what Dak and the Cowboys really are. You have to jump into this market. If if again, if you have not if you had not made your Dak Prescott bets yet, if for some reason you wanted to watch the first twelve or thirteen weeks of the season before you decided to dive in on Dak, but now you're like, I can't I can't dispute it anymore. I just can't. Now I gotta get in on right. Dak. And it's 350, three to one, three seventy-five, wherever you find it. I gotta get in on Dak now. It's based on the belief that Dak can do to Philly, to Buffalo, to Miami, to Detroit, what he did to Seattle, to Washington, to Carolina, and the Giants. The one thing I will say is. Those defenses outside, I mean, outside of maybe Miami on a good day, and that is a game in Miami on Christmas Eve, the Eagles defense is falling to pieces right before our eyes. The Bills defense has not been what it has been in the last two or three years this season. The Lions defense, uh, we just got done talking about how they let the Saints back into that game yesterday and what Mm -hmm. they've been throughout the year. They made Jordan Love look like, an MVP on Thanksgiving. So this is the opportunity. If if you believe in Dak Prescott and you haven't leaned in on the Dak MVP bets yet, I, I do believe that he's going to back it up over the next three or four weeks. I think the point you make, Ed, about his uh, dispersal of the football and targets is great. The, the one thing they can't have, as any team can't have at this point, although the Niners survived theirs, is a, is a big injury to an offensive skill position player, right? The Niners doldrums, as much as they may have been based on Trent Williams being out, were also with McCaffrey out and Debo out. Um, if, if the Cowboys have to deal with, say, a Jake Ferguson injury, and I'm knocking on wood for, for the sake of Cowboys fans that that doesn't happen, uh, or Tony Pollard should go out for an extended period, any kind of, of skill position injury, if, if you're talking Hurts and the Eagles, A.J. Brown, any kind of skill position injury will turn this thing on its ear, but all things considered, I think Dak's the play right now. He can be. I think he should have the shortest odds. I couldn't agree more. But I think the MVP market is really important to discuss because it's all about where you can maximize your value. The one mm-hmm. thing that kind of goes against what I just said about Jalen Hurts is if you believe that, okay, what happened Sunday, yeah, it was bad for the Eagles, but they can overcome it. They can beat the Cowboys. They can go for, go on a run and win the one seed in the NFC. Well, I'm saying minus 125 if you want to back the Eagles there. I don't like that bet. I like Jalen Hurts to win MVP way more at plus 350. That is a much better bet to make if you want to back the Eagles. So it's all about figuring out where you can maximize your value. Meanwhile, Prescott plus 350 win MVP. But if you think the Cowboys can get the one seed in the NFC, that's 12 to 1. Take that That, instead of Dak to win MVP. 
I agree yeah, because on this show and a lot of people I respect in the, you know, the betting uh, world have been talking and seeing this opportunity for Dak and the Cowboys to go on a run for cash. What seems like at least a month now. So I think you've missed the number. Like I wouldn't feel comfortable betting Dak MVP at this point when just a few weeks ago, even you could have had way more value. So I like Ed's um, idea there with number one seed. Plus 330 as well for the Cowboys to win the division, but don't they have to mm-hmm. get the one seed? Like, there's a lot of parts. Yeah, if they win the division, exactly. yeah, there's a good yeah. chance they land the one seed as well. Uh, yeah, the, the NFC race uh, b- between those three and the Lions are still kind of there lurking on the on the perimeter of that conversation. I think they're somewhere in the, mar- in the area of 10 to 1 or 11 to 1 for the one seed as well. Um, that's going to be something to watch it play out with so many games between those four teams down the stretch, especially. Big game tonight for Jacksonville. A chance to maybe assert themselves. Low total, big spread as the Bengals visit the Jags. We get into Monday night football and some big injuries that may affect the AFC playoff picture as well. Coming up alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Eddie Gross, Chris Mack in for Joe O today right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Are you ready for the most interactive sports gambling show? Introducing BetQL Send It In with PJ Glasser. We want to hear from you. Send It In is about your picks, your trends, and your fades. Share your thoughts, predictions, and your best daily best bets with the Send It In community. Set your reminders, mark your calendars, and get ready to send it in on weekday afternoons at 1 Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Daily presented by Bet MGM from BetQL. It is BetQL Daily presented by Bet MGM. Chris Mackin for Joe O alongside Ed and Aaron. An hour from now, we'll get you our lightning bets, our best bets of the day as we start to pivot towards week 14 in the NFL and We've got NBA midseason tournament quarterfinal action tonight and tomorrow night. Tomorrow night uh, includes, let's see, we've got Phoenix, LA, uh, the Lakers, and Knicks, Bucks. Tonight we've got Pelicans, Kings, and Celtics, Pacers. We'll touch on that in about 20 minutes here on BetQL Daily, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. Monday night football tonight, Bengals getting 10 on the road at Jacksonville. Before we get to the final game, though, of the slate this week, guys, and an interesting line, given that the total's only sitting at 40, let's kind of put a button on the rest of that AFC wildcard picture that we touched on earlier, because we mentioned that each team has a big question mark earlier, Ed. 
And we've also got each, I wouldn't say each team, but a lot of teams dealing with important injuries now. You've got the Tank Dell injury in Houston, a fractured uh, tibia or fibula. I can't remember which bone in the leg is which. It's broken. It's in his leg. That's not good for a receiver. Fibia, thank you. Um, We've also got uh, Ramondre Stevenson in New England, that a little less important. But Jerome Baker hurt last night for the Dolphins. Yesterday afternoon, I should say, the Kenny Pickett injury for the Steelers, which if you know enough about the Steelers quarterback and their offense, probably really isn't as impactful as some would initially think. But Ed, each of these teams in the AFC wildcard picture has a big question mark, and some of them now have bigger injuries to throw on the pile. It's interesting that you bring up that the Kenny Pickett injury may be a tad overrated here. I think when it comes to like individual games, the overall market, you know, they do tend to overrate starters going down. Uh, So in that respect, I agree with you. But at the same time, when I looked at what Mitch Trubisky did against the Cardinals defense, the Cardinals Mm -hmm. pass defense, that might be the worst in football, maybe not just this year, but maybe the last couple of years. The fact that he could not consistently move the ball down the field, like I mentioned before that, yeah, the Steelers defense, they took a massive L, a massive step back against Kyler Murray and company. But at the same time, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more consistency. Like, I think it's one of those things, and Chris, I'd love your take on this, but I look at this as significant more out of context than, say, talent and what these quarterbacks are capable or incapable of doing. Because even though you got rid of Matt Canada, who I think is safe to say was a problem in terms of the Steelers' offense actually evolving, at the same time, wouldn't he be best equipped to handle what a backup quarterback can do? Like, you've just shuffled the chairs, uh, you know, on the Titanic. You know, you've already done that. But now you're dealing with a backup quarterback where now they're going to have to scramble to figure out what this offense is supposed to look like going forward with all of the ones practicing together. So you have not just one significant change in a short period of time, but now you have two of them. And I wonder if that's going to overwhelm all of the possibilities for the Steelers going forward to where if this happened at any other time, maybe the Steelers could have put some band-aids on it more easily but I think because they just fired their offensive coordinator that this is a big loss specifically at the time when it happens. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it impacts them. It shouldn't impact them as much as most teams losing their starting quarterback would impact them. And I say that because look, I don't have anything against Kenny Pickett, but there's still probably a little bit of ceiling there to be explored in the future. But Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, and for that matter, their third-string quarterback, Mason Rudolph, are all basically the same guy, except Trubisky is Mm. a little bit more mobile. And I think regardless of who the quarterback is, what this offense has become about, even in the last couple weeks of Canada's tenure, is leaning into Harris and Warren and leaning into the run game. Now, they couldn't do that yesterday because they got down early. They couldn't punch it in. Uh, on fourth and goal from the one. And from there, the Cardinals go back the other way, 15 plays, 99 yards, and kind of took over the game from there. And to your point, Ed, you can put a lot more of that on the defense's shoulders for not being able to stop Kyler Murray and James Conner and what was a huge moment for him coming back to Pittsburgh, rattling off 105 yards. But if they simply continue to lean in, Aaron, on – Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. You guys remember we talked about them on Friday and which one's going to lead in rushing and who's going to get more opportunities. If they continue the two of them combined to put together games of 125, 150 yards on the ground, the Steelers' offense is still going to function as it should, which is never going to light up the scoreboard. But if their defense performs well enough, should be enough for them to beat the likes of New England or Indy or even a Burrowless Bengals. Yeah, you look at their upcoming schedule, and it is interesting because obviously the New England one, hopefully that should be a W for them. But then you've got in the Colts and Seahawks a couple of scrappy teams that Mm -hmm. could be scratching and clawing to get their way into the playoffs. So that'll be interesting. But also there's that Mike Tomlin never had a losing season factor as well, sort of an intangible thing that like you just kind of expect the Steelers to find a way. 
Yeah, I I, I look at them and I, I, they're a wild card team. I, I've I've said it since August. They're a wild card team who doesn't you know manage to go much farther than that, depending on the matchup they catch in the first round. At one point, um, it looked like, hey, uh, maybe they'll catch. Maybe they could be one of those teams that catches uh, somebody you know backsliding into the playoffs. I I don't think so. The the defense has been very soft between the twenties. They didn't close out in the red zone yesterday against the again the Cardinals, and they themselves weren't able to take advantage of that Cardinals defense once they were down big, and they're just regardless of whether it's Pickett, Trubisky, whoever, they are what they are, which is an AFC wild card team, most of whom are a mess right now, which brings us to. Monday night in Jacksonville. The Bengals really <laughs> on the outside looking in of that AFC playoff picture now, five and six, and Joe Burrow out. There, we talked about this comparison during the break a couple minutes ago. Kind of like the the Florida State of the AFC. Hey, the, you guys were pretty good, and now your quarterback's gone. Goodbye to all of your chances. Although, Ed, you made a great point. Florida State actually has a defense. The Bengals, mm, not so much. And maybe that's why they're laying 10 in Jacksonville tonight. Although a low total of 40, which doesn't compute for me. You know, Lock and Four and I talked about this yesterday on BetMGM Game Day, Ed. But a spread of 10 and a total of 40, I, I, I don't. that's telling me two different things about this game. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Like, those are some wonky numbers to have uh, coming together. By the way, I, I feel like I need to bring this up, that uh, Jake Browning – was on the injury report with a wrist injury. Were they trolling us with that, with the whole Joe Burrow not being on the injury report with a wrist injury? Like, are are the Bengals just mad at us, the football collective, to where they're going to put that on the report, whether it's true or not? Mm, There might be a little troll job in there, yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, just just wanted to make sure I wasn't losing my mind or getting paranoid, uh, any of those things. Yeah, I'm still in agreement with you, Chris, that it's – this does not compute. Something has to give here. And if you look at like some of the other props and totals and things like that, like maybe they're trying to iron out some kind of a hashtag narrative going forward. But when I look at this matchup, I think the one thing that we have to factor in is that I don't have a play on the side or total here, but this Jaguars defense yeah, they can contain, you know, some playmakers despite, a back, despite the backup quarterback. The pass rush is extraordinary for the Jaguars. You know, Josh Allen kind of leading the way. And it is also something where, yes, they're also really good at guarding intermediate passes, 10 to 19 air yards. But if Jake Browning can keep those passes short and go to the yak game, I think they can find some success. When they did that last week against the Steelers in terms of passes shorter than 10 air yards, 15 of 20, 135 yards, a touchdown, a pick, 88 and a half passer rating. Yeah, it's below average, but a plus 2.7% completion percentage over expected. So I think it's something where if they keep this offense relatively conservative and force the yak game, kind of akin to what the Bengals were doing at the start of the year when Joe Burrow was hurt, I actually think in this particular matchup, they can find some success there. Bengals team total is 14 and a half at plus money. I kind of like the over, Aaron. Hmm. Yeah, I kept thinking, are we going to see another primetime under? Um, that'll be interesting. I might stay away from the total. I do like a few props here, though, because the Bengals defense ranks in the bottom six in both passing and rushing yards allowed per game. So I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence to go over his passing prop look at him to even go over his rushing prop. And I think it's a Calvin Ridley game again. He can totally go over 58 and a half. Yeah, he's had some duds where he hasn't been involved, but I think now that connection has gotten stronger and against this Bengals defense, could go over 58 and a half. Yeah, as far as looking at props, some of the most bet stuff at BetMGM right now, Evan Ingram over his receptions prop, four and a half, juice to minus 135, 99% of the bets on the over. ATN props, plus 450 to score first touchdown, minus 140 for an anytime TD, over two and a half receptions is minus 115. Uh, Almost all the bets are on over there. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence (laughs) rushing yards, over 13 and a half. 
minus 110, 99% of the bets on the over. I really like that Evan Ingram prop. Um, if you just look, mm. go back and, and look at what he's done over the last few weeks. Let's see. Uh, five catches on eight targets last week against Houston. Four the week before, four the week before. Ten against the Steelers on ten targets. Five, seven, and four. I mean, he has not caught fewer than four balls in a game this year. So, minus 135, it's a little juicy. But, I mean, Evan Ingram, I like that one. And I do like the Jags to win this one tonight. It's just... Ed makes a good point. Can the Bengals do something maybe? Getting the ball in space to their playmakers and letting them do something with it at that point to keep this thing close. Cincy getting 10 on the road at Jacksonville. Chris Mack in for Joe O today on BetQL Daily alongside Aaron and Ed. Coming up next, we start to pivot towards week 14. A couple of really interesting games in Kansas City and Dallas. What may be a real stinker. Hold your nose Thursday night here in Pittsburgh. Oh, boy. And we got to touch on the NBA midseason tournament quarterfinals start tonight. Celtics, Pacers, Hells, Kings, all next here on BetQL Daily. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.